Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I love live theater, and I've been active in non-professional theater as a student, an actor, a director, an instructor, and more recently, a playwright for literally decades. I played a 78-year-old woman in the play Social Security when I was in my late 40s. And there are some roles for older women in well-known pieces favored by contemporary community theater. Steel Magnolias, The Calendar Girls, and Doubt come to mind immediately. But as my age range, as we call it, has moved from 40 plus to 50 plus, you really don't want to put anything older than that on your theater resume, it seems that the roles are fewer and the interesting ones even fewer than that. And the leads, mm, practically non-existent. Yes, you can without a doubt find evidence to dispute this. For example, Driving Miss Daisy. But overall, the evidence reinforces my impression. And it's not just acting roles for older women that reflect this age and indeed gender bias. It's also true, perhaps more so, for women playwrights and theater directors. In her October 13th, 2021 New York Times guest essay, playwright Teresa Rebeck, who has had four plays produced on Broadway, was a Pulitzer Prize winner for drama and created Smash, the TV series about Broadway that I loved and was very upset when it uh, ended. But she asks, where is the gender reckoning? After noting that the um, ethnic and racial reckoning has been addressed more recently. She noted that when Center Theater Group of Los Angeles, one of America's leading theaters, announced its 2022 season, of the 10 plays planned for production, quote, uh, this is as uh, Teresa Rebeck writes it, written by a dazzlingly diverse and talented group of artists, only one was written by a woman, lesson learned, with an asterisk. Out of the 10 plays, only one was written by a woman. Nine men, one woman, unquote. Rebeck goes on to note that, quote, only four women have ever won the Tony Award for Best Play. They are Frances Goodrich in 1956. She was 66, but she was the co-author with her husband of The Diary of Anne Frank. French-American translator Lucienne Hill for her 1961 translation of Beckett when she was 38 years old. And it was a translation. She didn't write the play. Wendy Wasserstein for the Heidi Chronicles in 1989. She was 39 years old at the time when she wrote it. And Yasmina Reza, who won twice for art in 1998 when she was 29 years old and then when she was 50 years old in 2009 for God of Carnage. The history of the Tonys, supposedly the reflection of the best of the American theater, says Rebeck is in fact a history of the male American theater. Now I'm going to take it a step further. Having done the math on those four women playwrights who received the Tonys, 
None of them was a woman over 60 when her play received its award. By the way, playwright Teresa Rebeck is. And so is Yvette Heiliger, the 63-year-old New York-based playwright, producer, and theater educator, is on the executive committee of Honor Roll, an organization that was started a few years ago by women playwrights in New York City, and whose mission is, in Yvette's words, to address the lack of parity for female playwrights over the age of 40 in the American theater. Yes, 40. 40! Over 40 is considered old in theater. We're not the theater darlings, the hot young things, the, the, the brand new emerging discovery out of some graduate playwriting program at, at some hoity-toity uh, college. So uh, we're the older generation and often the term emerging applies to much younger women than ourselves even though, from my point of view, emerging could also include women over 40 who've not yet had that Broadway show or that big regional production. Um, and it's harder for us to get those, those jobs and opportunities because of our age. And, and frankly, because we're women as well, because I don't know if you're aware, but the Lilies, um, they, they work with the Dramatist Guild to put out, um, uh, a count. We've had a count 1.0, 2.0, now they're at 3.0. And their uh, 3.0 findings show that only 31% of women in the country are produced uh, in the American th theater. And men continue to get the lion's share of, of opportunities. And I think that was also an interesting study this time around because they included non-binary playwrights. They're only produced at 1%. <laughs> You know, as a woman of color, I used to um, introduce myself as a one of the 93.9% of BIPOC women plus playwrights whose plays had not been produced. <laughs> uh, it's been my whole life. Um, I got married and was still writing plays and finished quite a few. My daughter reminded me that um, the whole time that I was raising them, I was still working on my still writing plays and working on plays. I, I remember sending my husband to the playground with the children and he expected when he came back that the dishes would be washed and dinner would be cooked and all of that. <laughs> I said, Are you crazy? I sent you to the playground so that I would have some time to write, not so I could cook dinner. <laughs> A woman after my own heart. Yvette and her twin sister have their own production company, Twin Biz. We just keep working it. We just keep going. You know, we, we, we don't sit around waiting for someone to hand us an opportunity. We've out of necessity had to get out there and produce ourselves. And I got to tell you, Paulette, it's when I came out of graduate school, I learned that, that I had a talent for playwriting in graduate school. And when I graduated, I had an entrepreneurial spirit anyway and started producing almost right out of school. And it's a good thing because I had no knowledge of the dismal opportunities for women at the time. I was just happy to be putting a show up and growing as a playwright. And, you know, and then I learned the statistics. I was like, oh, my God, it's a good thing I had some foresight. <laughs> Having started with just a few women playwrights, Honor Roll now boasts 1,600 members. So obviously most of their connection is done online. 
but not all of it. These women have really bonded around the um, the fact that uh, we were excluded at the outset of our careers because of sexism, and we're now overlooked because of ageism. And uh, we work to increase and to celebrate diversity in the American theater. All of the work that goes into keeping honor roll up and running is really dependent upon women coming forth and, and doing self-initiated uh, projects and actions. For example, um, we had our first uh, publication, uh, She Persisted, a book of monologues and a book of 10 minute plays that was um, came out recently. We're so proud of that. And many of our members work is in that and in those collections. Um, we're going to be doing something new called the Honor Roll Honors, where we're going to be giving awards to theaters who are fighting age bias and age discrimination in the theater. Uh, nominations for that are open until June 15th, by the way, if, if any of your listeners want to nominate a woman for that. The Drama Bookshop um, spotlighted honor roll authors in their Women's History Month uh, book displays. I myself uh, hosted um, an event called A Conversation with Beth Blickers, who is an agent in New York City, a literary agent. And she gave a lot of tips to our members about uh, not only about trying to find an agent, but the challenges of, of ageism and getting older in the, in the, uh, theater and how that impacts uh, the trying to find an agent. It was interesting. She said, um, it makes her really sad to, to meet with women who are at a certain stage of their life. And most of their life was dedicated to raising their children or doing advocacy that I'm guilty of that and putting everyone in front of themselves in terms of promoting their own careers and their their own writing. And, you know, she she kind of encouraged us to, as we're doing advocacy, as we're raising our families, to please also put attention on our own careers. Christine Moser has done all that. I'm not saying she necessarily did it easily, while raising two sons and now caring for her aging parents, she has managed, though, a career in theater. First in New York as a working actor, which she explains means doesn't uh, she didn't have to hold down another job, and a director. And then she expanded into producing and company management. And now she's the artistic director of her own company, the Endangered Species Theater Project, based in Frederick, Maryland. Christine is well aware that even while improving somewhat, the situation of sexism and ageism continues in her industry. With men being predominantly the writers and predominantly the directors and predominantly the producers, they're writing what they know, which is really wonderful male roles and supporting women to support those male stories. In the theater, things have always been better than in film. However, we still don't write stories for women. And one of the reasons my theater does a lot of plays from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s is because you'd be surprised there was a, a whole movement when women were getting more divorced rights, when there was a sexual revolution in that time period, but there were more women writers. And so the stories, women in their 50s and 60s and even 70s 
well-rounded, fun characters that you do not see nowadays. Well, Christine isn't over 60, not even close. The majority of her company's audience members are. And so she added an acting class for seniors to her theatrical repertoire. The reason I decided on the class is because a lot of our audience members have such a passion for theater and wanted to um, wanted to do something with it. And um, they are retired. They do have time. Um, so I will say that. And theater is so powerful in just creating empathy, but also in brain work. Like you don't have to memorize anything to have amazing brain work done just by doing shows in theater. There's so much, so much information about that out there. But also I just love theater and it's a joyful experience. And to be able to bring that to a group of people who are interested in it and you know are retired so they do have the time to do it a lot of times it's just time you know i mean i was once told when i was a young actor in new york um i was studying with um ron stetson who is um the head of the neighborhood playhouse now it's meisner he was under meisner at the time and he he said that you know one of the philosophies was that it takes 20 years to be an actor and that doesn't mean you can't be an actor young and under 20 years but to really have life experiences that you can bring. So I have people who have full life experience and full stories, and you can bring that into work. Also, there's less judgment of yourself. You know, you're, you're more able to just jump in and do something that an acting requires jumping in and sometimes being very foolish or sometimes taking crazy risks. And there's just this willingness to do it because they're not judging themselves in the same way. And also they're in a safe group because they're all together. You know, there's not that there's, there's nothing wrong with having diverse ages in a class, but there is also this kind of safety as well. And um, I just am very joyed because I love watching how good um, my students are, even those that aren't trying to be professional actors. And some of them have actually gone out after doing this class and auditioned for community theaters and other theaters around. And it's, it's very fun. So if you're over 60, which I'm going to assume you are because you're listening to this podcast and there's a community theater near you, which there probably is, check out what they're offering. And dare I advocate here, encourage them to select pieces that represent your reality, your issues. After all, you are most probably representative of their audience, and you deserve to be heard. Next week, we'll look at older women on TV and in the movies and speak to a representative of a group that's a leader in addressing sexism and ageism in those media. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.